You're listening to the Simple Farmhouse Life podcast. Today I'm going to be talking from Elise. She makes the most beautiful knit and crochet toys. And today we're going to talk about using crafts and hobbies to escape stress. This is a perfect topic for right now. If you've been feeling a little stressed by things going on in the world, this is going to be a really good escape for you. She brings up some amazing points about de-stressing with crafts and hobbies. So let's dive in. My name is Lisa, mom of six and creator of the blog and YouTube channel, Farmhouse on Boone. Join me as I share with you my love for creating a handmade home from scratch cooking and a little mom and entrepreneur life along the way. I'll be introducing you a little bit in the beginning, but we'll just start okay. at this part by talking a little bit about you and your your YouTube channel, your blog, and your patterns, because you sell patterns for all of those things, right? Well, I give them away. They're free okay. on the blog. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Well, and yeah, and I'm I'm moving more towards you got to give me your email address, and then I'll send you the pattern kind of a deal, you know? Right, right. So, but yeah, yeah, it's free. hard to yeah. find that balance blogging because you know the more value you provide, people are right. fans and they come, and but then also you know, getting their email right. address is important too. So. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, so she makes these adorable little, all kinds of things. Oh, my goodness. Mostly <laughs> mostly kids' toys, correct? Yeah, yeah. Um, that's kind of my focus at this point. I still love crocheting and knitting lots of different things, but um, I always go back to toy making. That's just what I love. So have you designed all of these that I'm seeing on your Instagram? No, most of them I use other patterns, other designers' patterns. Um, some of them are mine, but um, I also really enjoy that working on somebody else's pattern and seeing how I can make it my own um, and sharing that with others. So it's really fun. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I'm looking at this little teddy bear. This, this really wasn't on our topic for today, but these would make <laughs> really good Christmas gifts. Yeah, last year, that's basically what I did for Christmas is I knocked out all of my family, all of my friends, everybody got a knitted toy or a crocheted toy last year. That's yeah. what I did. <laughs> so. Oh, I would love to get that. I just, you know, we live in a society where we pretty much can all, for the most part, you know, you can go buy a teddy bear for $5. Right. We all have what we need for the most part. Right. And so something like this, it just it makes you excited to get something that somebody made with their own two hands, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's something you're giving a piece of yourself. Yeah. And you know, as I'm making these things and especially if I have somebody in mind, it really, I think of the person and it just brings me so much joy. And I think that really comes across because I want to make every little detail, right? Because I'm giving it to this person who I really care about. Um, right. So yeah, I think it, it really is special. It, it is, is special. I struggle at Christmas time because when it comes down to it, I always end up last minute and then, you know, you end up just going and buying something, you know? Right. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, oh, we yeah. even like this. Right. Yeah. It's hard. It is. So, okay. One of the topics that we are going to talk about is how crafting helps deal with stress. I think that's a pretty yeah. important topic right now. I mean, everybody's yes. pretty stressed out. No matter. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I think we all are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I started, um, it actually my kind of whole journey with crocheting and knitting started back in 2016, at the end of 2016. Um, I have four kids and um, my two older 
girls were in college and then I had my two boys still at home and we were your average American family in 2016. We were busy, 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 busy. Um, we've always homeschooled. So we were, you know, during the day we're struggling to get all yeah. of our school stuff done. And then afternoons were activities and all of the things that we as homeschoolers get our kids involved in. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I, we were, we were to the max, we were doing everything. And um, at that point, my sons were 17 and 15. And my 17 year old son has always had epilepsy pretty much his, his whole life, but it was always pretty manageable, something that was just something we had to deal with. And we would go to the doctor visits, but it wasn't something we really worried about a whole lot. Um, and that is until the end of 2016 and his epilepsy went from being well controlled to really actually out of control and it would got pretty scary there for a while and I wasn't coping well with the anxiety of it and part of that was because we had been so busy and it went from I'm in the car all the time busy to we had to stop everything because he had no energy because he was seizing so often. We had so many doctor's appointments. He was on so much more medication. He could not handle going and doing the activities that he had done before. And it also meant that we couldn't leave him alone for a second. So if I wanted to go take a walk, somebody had to be home. Um, so I was going a little stir crazy. I remember one day just kind of talking to him and I was talking to him about his seizures and like, how are you feeling? I was constantly asking him, how are you feeling? Are you feeling okay? Do you feel like you're going to have a seizure? Mm, yeah. And one day, and he's, yeah, and he's my kid that's extremely compliant. He's so happy. He's always just down to have fun. And he looked at me and he said, mom, just stop it. Just <laughs> please stop. And I realized I'm not making things better for him. I'm making things worse. So I realized I need a hobby. <laughs> I need a hobby today. Mom's got to think of something um, else to do. <laughs> mom's got to think of something else. And so, of course, I went on Pinterest and I'm scrolling Pinterest and I see this beautiful granny wear blanket and it stopped me in my tracks. And I thought, oh, this is what I'm going to do. And I bought the pattern I got on YouTube that night. And I was like, I am going to learn how to do this. I don't so care what it takes. You didn't crochet or knit before this? My grandmother had shown me how to crochet, you know, like when I was a kid, but I had Great. not picked up a crochet hook in 35 years. I had like one of those chains when I was a kid that was 16 feet long, you know, uh -huh, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I didn't. Yeah. I just, wow, but yeah. I had so much time on my hands. I mean, I had all the time in the world. So yeah, I dove, I dove head in. Yeah. I just yeah. dove right in and just have been doing it ever since. Hours a day, every day, ever since. Um, yes. Well, I ended up getting some pretty severe tendonitis from doing that. So now, <laughs> yeah, um, I've backed off and I don't, um, I don't do marathon um, sessions anymore, but yes, I still do crochet or knit pretty much every single day. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So tell me about your, um, blog name, your Le Petite Saint Crochet, correct? Yes. That is for my favorite saint who, um, her name is St. Therese of Lisieux, and she had a saying that do small things with great love. And what I love about that is that not all of us are called to do big things in life. Some of us are called just to do the small things, but mm -hmm. we can do those small things with the greatest of love. And that's what I wanted to do with my own crocheting and knitting was 
this is just a small little toy. It might be a little bunny rabbit, but I can make it with the greatest of love. And that makes it special. And that makes it important. It's not the biggest thing in the whole world, but it's something that I can do, you know, to make somebody's day a little bit better or bring a well, smile yeah. on Instagram or. Well, if somebody gives me a gift like that, you know, I know they care. Like you can go spend, it's yeah. easy to go spend 50 bucks at Target, you know, right. but they right. spend hours, you know. Yeah. A friend yeah. of mine also said she loves knitting and crochet because if she and her husband are watching a TV show or something at night, we're so fast paced and distracted these days that most people watch TV and scroll their phone at the right. same time. Mm -hmm. And she's like, this just keeps me from doing that. Right. Oh yeah. That's <laughs> what I do. Yeah. Every night I, we sit down and if we're watching TV or something, I just grab my stuff and I can just sit there and I can, I never know what the characters look like. I don't, I can hear their voices, but I don't see them because right. my head is down. I'm looking at my work. So yeah, yeah, that sounds like my speed because I'm always, I'm very like, I want to be doing more than just sitting. Yeah. There. <laughs> oh, I can't, I cannot just sit there and watch that. I, I can't do it. Yeah. I like the idea of having a project and to bring, you know, there's just random times where you end up in a place where you could work on something. Right. Well, and actually there are study, I read about this when I was doing a blog post or something about how in Victorian times, doctors used to prescribe knitting to women who had like anxiety because they knew that there was something about that repetitive motion, kind of mindless knitting, mindless doing something with your hands that just kind of helps the brain to calm down. And scientists now know that there really is something sort of therapeutic about that repetitive motion, just doing something sort of mindless. Um, so I really believe in the powers of crocheting and knitting just to kind of help us calm down. And I'm so thankful I've had it during this whole pandemic. It's just mm -hmm. kind of helped me feel grounded and just a little more sane, I think. Yeah. You can just put, still put so much effort into something. Now, some of your things don't look as mindless. <laughs> like I've made hats and scarves and probably once you get the hang of it, I've never yeah. made anything like what you're showing, but they're so adorable. And I make the same patterns over and over. So they kind of end up becoming pretty mindless just okay. because I'm so familiar with the patterns. Yes, I know yes. exactly what's coming next. So um, yeah, the first time is always my learning time. That's mm -hmm. when I have to struggle to through things. Yeah. But um, yeah, after you do it a few times, it gets, it can yeah. be. I have some sewing patterns like that, that I've made so many times. It would just be, I could put on a podcast and not even be yeah. thinking about it and do it. Yes. I'm not that comfortable with knitting and crochet. <laughs> Actually, I don't know how to crochet at all. I only know how to knit. And even knitting, I've only knitted like hats and easy stuff. Yeah, yeah. But they're also so beautiful. Thank you. So anything else on the topic of stress relief as far as the hobby and how it's helped you to? Well, I mean, for example, we are going into, my son is actually um, going to have a hospital stay. It's going to be seven to 10 days and the hospital's two hours away from us. And because of COVID rules, one parent has to go in with him. And once you go in, you're not leaving. So I'm oh, going to be in wow. a hospital room with him for seven to 10 days. And I'm already thinking in my mind, how much yarn can I bring? Right. <laughs> like, how am Isn't, I going to pack yeah. it all? Because um, if you don't so, bring enough, you know, you're not getting it yeah. anymore. 
Well, and that's the beauty for me of something like a hand project like that. I can bring these things with me. So whether we're going to be in the hospital or we're going to a doctor's appointment where you sit in the doctor's waiting room for, you know, 30 minutes, I can knock out a good amount of work in that time. Right. And I can sit there and I don't have to be on my phone, which can make me feel more anxious. And I don't really want to read the news of the world. I would rather (laughs) be looking at beautiful yarn Uh and... So I really feel like that's one of the beauties I think of crocheting and knitting is it's portable. You can right. just throw yeah, it in a bag and take it with true. you. Very true. Do you ever yeah. find yourself sitting in the passenger seat of the car knitting? Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, I don't go anywhere without something <laughs> to work on because I don't want to get stuck just sitting there going, oh, I could be making something right now. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All you need is a little bag and whatever project you're working on. So, okay. Another thing. You learned how to do this midlife. You weren't really a knitter or crochet before. Have you always been crafty and inclined to obviously somewhat? Really, I wasn't. I call myself, I was a serial quitter. I always (laughs) wanted to be crafty and I would pick up something and the minute it would get hard, I would quit. And I would think, well, I'm just not cut out for this. I can't do this. But I think because of the situation and when I began crocheting, it kind of forced me to say, listen, you got to figure this out. You got to push past um, the beginning stages and learning things because the learning curve was pretty steep for me. Mm-hmm. But I think that that's kind of taught me that I can learn new things, even in you know my middle age. I think a lot of people think of handcrafts and like sewing and cooking and um, crocheting and knitting as, well, you are either good at it or you're bad at it. Oh, I and 100% I think, believe that. Yes. And I, yeah. And I'm just I like, mean, I don't believe that. I believe right, that people right, say that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They say that and they think, why well, I, I just, I, you, you have talent. And I say, it's not talent. It's, it's a skill. It's a learned skill. You just right. learn how to do it. None of us come out of the womb knowing how to knit a sweater. It's just not no. how it works. There are some talents for sure in life, yes. but those aren't them. Like I don't consider myself talented at anything, honestly. Right. I, I just, know. Yeah, that's how yeah, I, I feel. I have a lot of skills at this point. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. I think of somebody who can sing beautifully. That's right. a talent. That's, that that's was. A talent. A, that's a God-given talent. You mm-hmm. were born with that, and then you develop the skills re- with yes, it. Yes. Yes. Yeah, but um, I do not believe that crocheting and knitting in any way is a talent. It's a skill. It's a learned skill. And I really think it's just the desire to want to learn it. Yeah. If you have two hands that work and you are willing to put in the time, most anybody could learn how to do it. You might not enjoy it. So, but if you're, if you are interested in it, there's no reason why you couldn't do it. Yes. And that's, Sometimes you have to find some kind of reason to be motivated to be interested in something. Yes. Like for you, mm-hmm. it was this, you're, you were stressed, your son was having medical issues and you needed a right. needed it. I feel yes. like that with blogging too, because you're also a blogger and yes. that's a learning curve. It's quite the learning oh. curve. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes but it is. Unless there's some driving force behind why you actually mm-hmm. want to do that, you probably yes. won't get anywhere with it. But if you do have a driving force, you don't have to be a tech person. You don't have to have any special skills. Right. I 100% believe that because I was, so during this time of the stress and everything with our son, I was also coming to the end of our homeschooling journey. I was getting ready to graduate my two last kids. And I kept thinking, 
what is my next chapter going to look like? I don't know what I'm going to do. My husband's job, he travels a great deal for his job, so he's not home a lot. So I still needed something where I was going to be able to be at home for just my son who was still at home. But I was kind of looking at what's the next step. And your course came out right during that time. It was oh, like, perfect. oh, this is, you know, it was really wonderful timing for me. Um, but you're right. Like the tech stuff, it is the same thing. It's just a learned skill. You start at the basics and then you keep building yeah. those skills. Right. And the, it's like YouTube. YouTube's the same thing. Yeah. It's not something <laughs> we're born knowing how to do. Right, right. Um, and I think, you know, as, as a middle-aged woman, it can be very intimidating, the tech stuff, because you think of blogging and YouTube for young people, and I am the most tech-challenged person out there, <laughs> and so I feel like if I can learn how to do this, yeah, anybody can learn a how lot. to do this. <laughs> I mean, same, though, because I always tell people when they say that to me, because I am about 10 years younger, that we also didn't really grow up with, right. with as much technology as you think we really didn't. We didn't right. have Facebook until college. You know, I didn't grow right. up with it either, really. But yeah, it, it all still is, it's difficult. But it, once you just build on those skills and you have a desire to learn something. But I do think people think I'm not a knitter. I'm right. not a sewer. My People mm -hmm. come to my mom all the time because she sewed my sister's um, junior bridesmaid dress for oh, a wow. wedding. She's used to sew all of her ha Halloween costumes. She can wow. sew anything. Yeah. And so they always come to her like, well, you're so talented. She's like, I am not talented. <laughs> I just practice. You can hit exactly. these too. Yes. And that's what I tell people like they will come to my Instagram or YouTube and just say, oh, I wish I wish my toys looked like yours or but I always and I've heard this before and I may have even heard it on your podcast. Don't compare your starting point to somebody else's middle. Right, and right. I actually like to show people my very first toy that I made. It is not cute. It's so not what cute is it? at all. I'm it's a little funny and I, I can't find it. I don't oh. know if my cat took it. I I'm don't sure know, it's but, probably on your um, Instagram somewhere, right? It is on my Instagram and I've left it on purpose because I want people to see that no, it, you don't start off making them great. It really does take practice. It just takes, and it's that willingness to say, okay, it's not going to look great. Okay, get over it. Your first right. one's yes. not going to look great. And that's okay. It doesn't have to, but you're learning and your second one will be better. That's why I remake patterns over and over because they just get better. And I learn right. new techniques and better things rather than you stop at the first one. Yeah, none of them look good. No, when I think back to my first sewing projects, because I sewed a lot as a kid, just, you know, little things. I didn't really know what I was doing, but I really developed a love for sewing when I had my first daughter, because again, something motivated me, cute little yeah. girl clothes motivated yeah, me. Yeah, <laughs> right. And I didn't really have the money to buy, you know, like boutique things. So I was like, I'm going right. to this out. The first lots of projects were probably laughable now. I'm sure I was proud of myself at the time, Right. but <laughs> for doing something that even sort of, yeah, right. Yeah. But I get that same thing a lot from people who they're really afraid to fail. They're afraid to even try yes. it. Mm -hmm. and, and that's one thing that I actually like to do um, with the blog YouTube channel is actually 
show people look because they see a photo and they think oh that toy is perfect and I'm like no 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 look here you can see here where I didn't do this correctly or and I say it doesn't matter it really doesn't matter those little mistakes don't really matter and it's okay it's okay you can look at something and think oh it's so perfect it's so beautiful but really it's not perfect and it's okay and they'll and I'm okay with that and I'll get better and those mistakes I learned so much from every single mistake as well and that's 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 the point for me that's the most important is that ability to learn yeah. and the ability to gain those skills and I, that has actually spilled over into so many other areas of my life now uh, because I've taught myself that when it gets hard you can push through you can learn new things yeah so you built a that's certain exciting. level of confidence in yourself yeah, by right. seeing what you could accomplish even though you, you were in your 40s and you didn't know how to crochet. Right. Didn't think that you were a crafty person. Right. I know. Crazy. I still think about it like, I'm, am I crafty? Is that, Maybe I am is, crafty now. Is <laughs> I know. I know. I, I don't know. My sister and I talk about that all the time because she's put herself in that category her entire life. She's not crafty. She doesn't do anything creative. And now she has, it's my sister, Laura, that has the, okay, yeah. in the blog course, Arlie House. She takes these beautiful pictures. Everything looks amazing. Yeah. She wouldn't have believed that was the same person two years ago. She would have right. never thought, like, I'm not a photographer. Yes. I right. don't do styling. I don't do anything creative. I'm not that type of person. I feel like we do that to ourselves. I do that mm -hmm. with um, organization. I'm not organized. Yes. I'm just not. Right. I'm not that kind of person. It's like, well, right. actually, when I, when, I, when I have to be, I really can. It's exactly, I feel the exact same way. Like I'm throwing a, just our, just for our family, but my daughter and I, who's 23, we're like, we're going to have a Thanksgiving party for just our family, our immediate family. But it is just like, we're not party people, but by golly, gonna I'm going to learn it. We're going to learn how to be yes. party people. Right, right. <laughs> yep. I've totally done the same types of things where I'm like, you know, we've said we wanted to buy this place so we could have friends over and, right. you know, and then like, wait a minute, but we're not the entertaining type. Well, we better learn how, you know, we're going to learn how. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. We need to not put ourselves, tell ourselves what we are. Sometimes you, you can start to develop that at a really young age mm -hmm. where you, maybe somebody says something that makes you yes. think, yeah, this is who I am. And then. Mm -hmm. Even if the evidence of your life doesn't suggest that, you still just always believe it. Right. And I think it's listening to those little stirrings inside. You know, if you see something, like if you're looking at your channel and you're like, oh, I, that sewing looks so fun, but that's not for me. That's maybe a little stirring to, hey, maybe you should investigate it a little bit. Yeah, maybe maybe learn a little bit about it. Just start at the very beginnings. You can learn new things. Like I've learned photography. Never thought that I would yeah, be interested in photography. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Now. All of your photography on your Instagram is so adorable. It's so much fun. And it is, it's opened. It's almost like that Pandora's box, but in a good way, yeah. but opening kind of that creative part of myself has really spilled over into so many other things in my life. And I feel like that that's, I really almost regret that when my kids were younger, I didn't explore those things because I kind of bought into this idea that to be a good mom, you gave everything to your kids. You gave everything yeah. to them and you had nothing left over because that was selfish to do something for yourself or something that you enjoyed. Yeah. And I look back now and I'm like, boy, you know what? That wasn't really, I think I would have been a better mom 
if I had allowed myself to explore those things and done some of those things that I was interested in, not just right. for the kids, I really do think I would have been a better mom. And it would have been a good thing for my kids to see, oh, mom can do this. Mom can learn new things. But they're seeing that now, you know. They are seeing it now. Yeah. They're probably too much. And they're like, mom, just stop talking right, about your toys. <laughs> That's so funny. But yeah, I mean, I do think moms do have a lot of that guilt that if they work on something other than, I get that question all the time. How do you not feel guilty? I'm like, well, I really, I work on these things when like right now it's nap time. I plan things for nap time Mm -hmm. and I'm not going to feel guilty about pursuing something that, you know, as long as you're, yeah. You're setting a good example for your kids. You know, you're showing that you can, you can have a family life and you can have a work life and you can do things you're interested in. And I think that's so important for kids to see. And I, I honestly like, especially with the blogging and the YouTube community, there are so many new opportunities and so many new ways to make a living and to make money that were not available 10 years ago. Well, yeah. And you and can I still be that that, focused on home. Cause that's the thing yeah. I never wanted to be outside of the home. I always wanted to raise right. my children, but right. Yeah. There's. Yeah. And know, that's how I feel like as, even as I'm going forward, I still have to be home for our son um, because yeah. he cannot drive because of his epilepsy. Um, he still needs somebody home. My husband still travels a lot. So this enables me to kind of pursue what I want to pursue and to build a little business for myself, but still being completely at home. Uh, I do it every day in my pajamas, um, except on filming days. Filming days, I actually (laughs) have to get dressed, (laughs) put some makeup on. Uh Um, But yeah, I think it's a really, actually a really exciting time. Really exciting time. It really is. Yeah. There's never been a time where you could do stuff like this. Yeah. But it's it's important to look at some of the positive. I definitely get a little bogged down, especially lately with all the negative. Oh yes. It's hard. It's hard. And I, I, that's another reason why I really love things like crocheting and knitting is that it does get you away from the phone. The phone is such an issue, I think for a lot of us and, um, social media can be, can be a toxic place in some places. I have found, honestly, the crocheting and knitting community are pretty positive, supportive people. Not to say that it's not there too, but I do feel like this is a positive thing for my life, not just because I enjoy doing it, but the whole community are people who lift each other up. We all love yarn. I mean, what's, yeah. <laughs> there's nothing negative about there's that. There's no, con- no controversy there, is there? No. Well, you, you would think there's oh, not, but there, 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 are, there are, but, right, but we right, won't right. go there. Yeah. But, <laughs> Yeah, it, but it's still something that is, it's a positive thing, and it's wonderful to be able to connect with people literally all over the world who yeah. are just as obsessed with the minutia of crocheting and knitting. It's wonderful. Uh-huh. Yeah, for every interest somebody has, there are there is that group. Yes, and you can I, went on in, I went on Instagram when I first kind of got more interested in crocheting and thought, I'm going to start like a little crochet Instagram account. I wonder if there are any other people <laughs> yeah. that are into crocheting. And I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah. And they've this been This party's been going longer. on for a while. <laughs> yeah. I'm here kind of late. Mm, that's yeah. how I felt when I started blogging. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to start a blog. I'm so unique. And it's like, oh, wait, no. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So tell me some of your favorite projects you've ever done. Okay. Well, I just 
finished um, Frog and Toad from the children's books, Frog and Toad. Okay. And I just love cute little projects that are, um, I love children's books. I've always loved children's literature because of, you know, just as a homeschooler, we read so many great books. exposed to a lot of it, yeah. Yeah. And this one, there were some steep learning curves with these guys um, as well. But I still love Granny Square projects. Um, Okay, I don't really know what that means. Oh, well, Granny Squares are... These are granny squares. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yes. Oh, those are so cute. Yeah. They're just beautiful. And these are really mindless to make. These are really fun to make. Um, Those are pretty for farmhouse, just putting those everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're just beautiful. I've actually got a... um, granny square blanket for toys coming out soon a little pattern um just because toys need granny square blankets too i finally made myself a shawl with some hand dyed wool that i got at the beach last summer um just i i love all kinds of different projects i really do yeah yeah so you have toys and so many beautiful things i definitely want to check out those granny square ones so tell us everything that you have to offer. We mentioned your YouTube channel that I will link down yeah. in the show notes. Also, if you just go on YouTube and search Le, L-E, Petite. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Saint Crochet. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I say it the American way and some every once in a while I'll have somebody who speaks French that says, you're butchering it. Okay. That's so I saw like, you put that in the group. What, what, how are you supposed to say it? How do you say it? <laughs> well, I think the French pronunciation is actually Le Petit Saint. But oh. how is anybody ever going to find that? <laughs> yeah, nobody's ever going to find that. So I say it the American way so people can spell it because yeah, most lay of us potato saint. Lay potato saint crochet. That's how I say it. And sometimes I yeah. get criticized, but it's just the way it is. Yeah, um, you get criticized no matter what you do. Exactly, right? <laughs> um, and I actually became a certified crochet instructor through the Craft Yarn Council through the, all of this because I really wanted to share that love of um, crafting with others. So that's why I can, I, I feel confident being able to share some techniques with people because I actually learned how to do it. Yeah. And so I just, you know, every week I share a video. I follow your example. I have the blog post and I make the video for the yes. blog post. Um, <laughs> it's the best way to do it, in my opinion. Yeah. And I only do once a week just because yeah. that's what I knew I could commit to. But it's been, it's been wonderful. I just absolutely, I love it so very much. Yeah, you do some, I can tell you love it by all that you do. Also, I saw that you have, okay, so your Instagram is lit, Le Petit Saint Crochet. <laughs> <laughs> and then you have links to your YouTube, your blog, your Etsy yeah. shop. Uh, yeah, everything. So, yeah. Cool. Great. Well, thank you so much. This has been a great discussion. I hope yeah, that we thank you. inspire some people to pick up a new hobby, possibly crochet. They can follow your lead. And if you make sure to head over to her Instagram and see all that we're talking about, I'm sure that I'm sure people already did because. All right. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Simple Farmhouse Life Podcast. I hope that you enjoy it and I will see you in the next one.